Hello, fellow humans, and welcome to the very first episode of Weird Humanity. I'm Amanda, and I will be your host on this journey of weirdness and wonder. Each week, we will unpack a different part of the human condition and try to understand the why behind certain behaviors, traditions, and even why our bodies do that bizarre stuff they do. For episode one, I have chosen a topic that I have been forever fascinated by. Horoscopes, zodiac signs, astrology, all that stuff. For as long as I've been able to read, I've been reading my horoscope. As a kid, I would take my mom's Cosmo magazine and read about the steamy love affair I was going to have with a water sign that month. As an 11-year-old, the only water sign I was actually concerned about was pool opener, pool closed. But still, I couldn't wait to grow up and finally have my romantic rendezvous with a sensual yet sensitive Pisces. I'm sure many listeners out there have similar memories of paging through magazines or the newspaper to find their daily dose of horoscopes. If you were anything like me, you literally interpreted the horoscope as a premonition. And if something didn't happen that I thought was supposed to happen based on my sign, I just chalked that up to, okay, well, obviously the Zodiac stuff doesn't kick in until you're an adult, obviously. But I never stopped to think, where is this all coming from? Who is getting messages from the stars about our everyday lives? But also, how do I get that job? Horoscopes and Zodiac signs fall under the broader subject of astrology. Astrology, for those who may not know, is essentially the belief that planetary alignments at the time we were born and throughout our lives can determine our personality traits and even influence our daily lives. Astronomy, on the other hand, is the science of studying the planets, the stars, and other celestial bodies. Astrology is considered a quote-unquote pseudoscience which is a collection of beliefs or practices mistakenly regarded as being based on scientific method, according to Oxford languages. How does it work? Okay, basically, astrologers take the location of the 12 zodiacs, which are 12 constellations our Earth and other planets pass through, and read the horoscope by, quote, examining the intricate geometric interrelationships of the signs and their parts and of the planet's varying computed strengths with the places and each other and by associating with each element in the horoscope. That wordy, albeit very informative, run-on sentence comes from an article on EncyclopediaBritannica.com. Yes, you heard me. The Encyclopedia Britannica. She still exists, and she lives on. She lives strong. Anyone who grew up writing essays in the 90s and 2000s know all about our dear friend, Brit. Anyway, astrology as it is practiced today can be traced back more than 2,000 years to the times of ancient Greece and ancient Mesopotamia. Think of the entire span of humanity as the lifetime of one person. So people 2,000 years ago would essentially be toddlers. They did not have all the tools and worldly knowledge that we do today. That's why it was so easy to believe in a geocentric universe. This basically humanity toddler 
just looked up at the sky day after day and year after year, making observations and drawing conclusions with the tools and the knowledge they had. And that's how ancient peoples define their world and each other. And that is essentially where astrology grew from. Oh my goddess, Mike is such a jerk. He wouldn't even say hi to me at Plato's birthday party last weekend. Uh, duh, he was born under the Gemini constellation. Total jerk. Besides, I think he found out you were a Virgo. And scene. No, I don't know a Mike who is a stupid jerkhead Gemini. That was just for theatrical purposes. The real name isn't Mike. Anyway, astrology as we know it today isn't much different than it was those 2,000 years ago, which is one of the first things that makes me tilt my head like a curious puppy and... Hmm. And before I continue to explore astrology and horoscopes as not being real and zodiacs being made up, I want you all to know that I'm still that curious 11-year-old reading horoscopes from a magazine that once suggested tying a satin ribbon around a man's penis to make him stay aroused longer. And although I've moved on from such salacious manuscripts, I sit here in my kitchen with my fancy overpriced water cup depicting images of the zodiac signs and moon phases. And next to me is my own personal copy of A Guide to Astrology with dozens of pages dog-eared, the spine is cracking, pages are literally falling out. And there's Cheeto dust fingerprints randomly appearing in each chapter. I don't doubt the power the universe has on us humans. And I'm very fascinated by my own zodiac. But as a child of science, I must learn the whys of the world and beyond. Also, for those knowledgeable in the world of astrology, I'm sure you've been wondering. So here we go. I, Amanda Reinertz, am a Sagittarius Sun, Aquarius Moon, and Gemini Rising. So you can see now why I may have been attracted to a stupid jerkhead Gemini named Dick. Mike. Mike. Mike? And I'll get into the signs and natal charts in just a bit. Imagine if we humans today, the year 2023, still held beliefs and ideologies from 2,000 years ago or even 200 years ago. And no, the earth is not flat, so don't even go there. We're not even entertaining that idea. It's not a thing. But also, 200 years ago, I would have for sure been accused of witchcraft and burned at the stake. And I would have gone down screaming, Fuck the patriarchy and mumbled nonsensical spells at people until my last charred breath. <sighs> Disclaimer, I'm going to try really hard to keep the swearing to a minimum here. But seriously, fuck the patriarchy. 
Also, I wonder where the F word and other swear words come from. Ooh, future episode idea. 2,000 years ago, humanity's understanding and observations of the night sky were limited, again, because we were several centuries away from scientific advancements. But we also know that back then, there were not as many planets in our solar system, or at least that were observable with the naked eye. So as planets were discovered, they were just kind of wedged into the established ideas of astrology. Sir, sir, another celestial body has been discovered. It is a planet, and they're calling it Uranus. I guess we were wrong about our solar system and zodiac signs after all. Nonsense. Obviously, Uranus will fit in nicely with the rest. If we just shift this here, move this one over. Ah, presto. Another planet in which to base your entire core personality on. You guys weren't expecting such riveting, dramatic readings, were you? Multi-talented. So, of course, astrology has evolved somewhat over time. As we learn new things, we adapt and adjust. That's the literal basis of science. And although astrology cannot be considered a true science, it has made some adjustments when and where it was needed. But I still struggle with the idea that a practice from two millennia ago is still regarded as accurate. But then again, is it really? I'm sure you're not completely shocked to find that astrologers are about as accurate with reading natal charts as a random person guessing would be. A double-blind study was done in 1985 by physicist Sean Carlson, where he asked 30 astrologers to review the star charts of over 100 people and then match a personality description to each person based on the astrologer's interpretation of their star charts. The results? The astrologers were only able to match one-third of the personalities to the star charts. So basically, you or I would have been just as accurate by just guessing. And what are star charts exactly? Well, also known as natal charts or birth charts, they're actually a map of the sky as it looked on the moment you were born. If you know your exact time, date, and location of birth, you can easily go online, download a free app, do a search. You just input your info and outcomes your own star chart. As I mentioned earlier, based on the time, day, and location of my birth, I'm a Sagittarius sun, Aquarius moon, and Gemini rising. Okay, but what the heck is all that extra gobbledygook? I thought I only had one zodiac sign. Your main zodiac sign is your sun sign, where you're positioned in relation to your exact birth. Your sun sign is what people mostly identify as when it comes to astrology. Your moon sign is where the moon was, and your rising sign is the easternmost horizon on your star chart. 
So whatever constellation was the furthest east. Your sun sign is regarded as how we view ourselves. The moon is how you really are. And your ascending sign, or also known as rising sign, is the first impression others have of you. And star charts do continue on with the rest of the planets in our solar system. And modern astrology, for the most part, still recognizes Pluto as a planet. Poor little Pluto. The constellation that each planet was in or near at the time of your birth also has influence over the person you become. Each planet represents different energies. For example, Mars represents action, desire, and aggression. My star chart has Mars and Scorpio. Scorpio is the sign of the scorpion and can be described as passionate and destructive. So a person with Mars and Scorpio on their star chart would be described as intense, disciplined, jealous, strong-willed, and creative with an explosive temperament and dark sexual nature. I mean, holy shit, who doesn't want to be that person? She sounds like a sexy Russian spy named Svetlana who dresses in all black and doesn't take shit from anyone. And I guess I could say that Mars and Scorpio is relatively accurate for me. Although I am not at all disciplined. I would sleep all day and eat Thin Mints in bed if I could. Girl Scouts hit me up. And I'm not always the most strong-willed person out there. So how the hell am I doing a podcast with a lack of discipline and will, you ask? It's called Coffee and Passion, baby. Coffee and Passion. So where do the designations and features of each zodiac come from? Surely we didn't just look up at the sky one night and all agree that anyone born with their son in Leo is obviously going to be creative and energetic and expressive. Hey, Leos. Most zodiacs and their respective constellations come from Greek mythology. The story usually goes something like this. Some god or mortal monster or warrior did a thing that impressed Zeus, that pervy god of all gods, and he placed them in the stars to live on forever as a constellation. The zodiac is then described using the subject of their respective myth. For example, Sagittarius comes from the archer and centaur Chiron. Could be pronounced Chiron, C-H-I-R-O-N. I'm going to go with pronounce.com and say Chiron. Chiron, who unlike other centaurs, was an intelligent teacher full of wisdom and gentle strength. So the other centaurs, I guess, were stupid and clumsy. One day, Hiron was accidentally shot, and because he was immortal, he couldn't die despite all the intense pain he was in. So he was placed in the heavens to live on as the constellation Sagittarius. And the zodiac Sagittarius is described as enlightened, adventurous, and optimistic. Okay, that's pretty endearing and all, but can modern astrologers really defend the art of reading the stars when the very idea of constellations and zodiacs comes from Greek stories about 
half men, half horses, shape-shifting nymphs, and once again, that pervy old Zeus and his desire to bang literally anything and everything. I really start to lose any sense of validity when I think that at the very inner core of astrology are myths and beautifully written stories, but they're just that, stories. I'm not trying to belittle the beliefs and ideologies of Grecians from that time. Every religion, young and old, is steeped in unverifiable, fantastical stories that are almost impossible to believe. Three-headed beasts, transubstantiation, immortal humans, talking lizards. It's all preposterous when taken at face value, but that's why we have faith. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And maybe in another millennium or two, science will be advanced enough to finally prove or disprove the existence of God, gods and goddesses alike. And I'm not saying you can't have religious beliefs if you understand science and vice versa. You can absolutely believe in the Big Bang Theory and the Christian God simultaneously. Science and religion overlap more than you might think. But that's a topic for another day. Okay, let's hop off the religion train and get back to astrology town. Another beef I have with astrology is the often vague descriptions found in both the zodiac signs and daily horoscopes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I read my horoscope and it might as well say, Amanda Reinerts, you will find a much needed burst of creative energy and accidentally spend seven hours on your computer sitting in essentially silence, all but for the clicks of the keyboard. But then I'll read one that says, you, a human person, will be on the earth today as it continues to revolve around the sun. You are made of mostly water. Okay, thanks for that. I've spent some time interpreting my own natal chart, diving deep into the energies held by each planet and how each zodiac manifests that energy. And some parts seem completely spot on. No doubt they are describing me. But then other descriptors couldn't be further from the truth. So what is the margin of error in astrology? How do astrologers explain the variances and differences in what the zodiac says versus who the person actually is? The answer is quite simple. For one, duh. It's not an exact science. It's not a science at all. We've already talked about that. And two, just as mainstream religions have encouraged parishioners to not take the old stories of impossible feats at face value, but rather read between the lines and take from the story the lesson, not the literal. Modern astrologers, for the most part, agree that the signs and the stars are not finite, but rather the stars and signs should be used as a guide to self-discovery and as a tool to grow one's own gifts and strengths. And that, whether or not you believe in astrology, is an absolutely beautiful way to look at anything. Do not accept everything as black, white, or even gray. Take the lessons, the images, the literature, the art, 
Use them on your journey of personal exploration. Interpreting your own star chart may not leave you feeling more complete or like you just read an exact description of yourself, but that's okay. It may open doors of personal morality, beliefs, desires. Give yourself permission to walk through those doors and explore. So, can the universe, the solar system, the stars, the planets really have any effect on our personalities and mundane everyday lives? I have my own idea of how it all works and I need to bring back in that 11-year-old girl reading articles way too mature for her in order to explain. See, I used to think the planets and constellations gave off a, a physical energy, something tangible that our bodies unknowingly absorbed or refracted. That's what I thought horoscopes and zodiacs were, different energies affecting different people and at different times. And honestly, I still believe much of that to be true. Our universe is a never-ending, ever-expanding bed of energy. Those energies created the perfect conditions resulting in the Big Bang and therefore the universe and all its inhabitants. You've heard the saying that we're all stardust, right? Well, it's basically true. Every element in the known universe started out as a star. And from there, those elements combined to form planets, water, until poof, there were little naked humans running around wild, inexplicably angry, and always hungry. Just always hungry. So we are essentially made from stars. Therefore, it stands to reason that the planets born from these stars that also bore humans could have some sort of energetic connection from sharing the same celestial womb. Not like the connection that human twins have, which is just freaky and, ooh, another good episode idea. But more like that weird sense you get when you stand on your great-great-grandmother's grave and feel something you can't explain, but it's there. And you feel a warm connection to this person you've never met, but share a biology with. I just have to think everything in the universe is somehow connected by energy. And we would be ignorant or naive to think that the tiny, small specks of ourselves are immune to the greater laws of the universe, which is also basically my argument for life on other planets, but again, another topic for another day. So maybe it stands to reason that the planets and constellations give off an energy that we interpret as horoscopes. Or maybe the Greeks had some sort of universal knowledge that has been lost to time that proves the existence of gods and constellations influencing our own selves. I would be so amused to learn that all along the one true religion was Greek mythology. And we can start dancing with wood nymphs and drinking wine all day while the gods up on Olympus engage in their weird orgies. Oh, and Zeus, if you are real, 
I'm not sorry. I said what I said. But still, I can't help but wonder through all my research for this episode, why oh why does it seem like we all go a little cuckoo bananas when Mercury is in retrograde? Retrograde in scientific terms is when a planet's view from our own Earth appears to be going backward. How? Okay. A few times a year, Earth overtakes Mercury's orbit or vice versa. While it doesn't actually change direction, Mercury appears in the night sky as moving the opposite way. So think of it like a race around a track, but everyone's speed is widely different. Mercury moves so much faster than Earth, so it'll lap it a few times a year. Our perspective down on Earth makes it appear from night to night that Mercury is moving backwards. It's just moving so much faster than us, we think it's backwards. And if there's any sort of astrological connection between all the planets and their respective inhabitants, it could be assumed that a retrograde event messes with our energies. I can tell you, and this is purely anecdotal, that twice in the last year, I have just felt all the energies in me and around me were just messed up. And I would search on my Google machine and sure as shit, Mercury was in retrograde at those times. Is it a placebo effect or something else? I don't know. And maybe there is no actual correlation between Mercury being in retrograde and things feeling quite off for several days. But what's wrong with believing in those energies, even if science has yet to prove them? Is there any harm in a person believing fully in their zodiac sign? Not necessarily, because as with all things consumed, it should be done so in moderation. You shouldn't base every decision, big or small, on, well, what is a Libra expected to do here? You shouldn't break up with somebody just because your sun signs aren't compatible. And you shouldn't stay with that jerk head just because your signs say that you're soulmates. You yourself shouldn't be a huge asshole and chalk it up to, well, that's just me. I'm a Capricorn. Shrug. That's not what astrology is about. It's about finding yourself through the stars and finding love for yourself. So, no, we didn't prove or disprove the study of astrology today, nor did we unlock more secrets of the universe. There are just no definitive, provable answers to any of these questions, at least not yet. It's impossible to say if we will ever unlock all the secrets to our own galaxy, let alone the whole universe. But hopefully we're all walking away from this episode with just a little more knowledge to help enlighten our journey through this thing called life. Knowledge really truly is power, and what you choose to do with what you've learned today is all up to you. Like one of Spider-Man's dead relatives said, with great power comes great responsibility. Maybe now you've become more interested in astrology, or maybe you're now thinking twice about quitting your job and moving cross-country just because your horoscope hinted at a new move in your future. Maybe you've decided to dive down the rabbit hole of Greek mythology to learn 
all about the gods of Olympus. Zeus himself was probably in a rabbit hole or two. <sighs> that is a bad joke. I, I should apologize, but I just can't. And if you don't get it, be happy that you don't. And as for me, despite all the skepticism and research into astrology I've done, I'm still going to check my co-star horoscope every day. I'm still going to have conversations that include phrases like, well, you know he's a cancer, so... And she is given strong Taurus vibes today. Yes, go girl. And I'm going to continue to surround myself with people who know exactly what those phrases mean. And every now and then, I'm going to let that 11-year-old girl buy a copy of Cosmopolitan magazine and... She'll spend the whole night reading horoscopes and romanticizing that month's sultry star readings. So that's a wrap on episode one. We did it. This has been a labor of love and it will continue to be. I am so thankful you have decided to give my little corner of the podcast world a chance. Guys, this is going to be a fun journey and I hope you continue down the road with me. I have got some awesome episodes on deck that I cannot wait for you to hear. This episode but of Weird Humanity until was written then, researched by me, Go Be Weird Reynolds. Humans. Sources used for each episode can be found in the show notes. Be sure to like, subscribe, review, and give us all the stars wherever you listen. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Weird Humanity Pod and join the Facebook group Weird Humanity Podcast. Send your show ideas, letters of praise, or advertising inquiries to weirdhumanitypod at gmail.com.